Hey, I'm Howard Kettner, and I feel very fortunate to be on the receiving end of the regular email newsletter from Dr. Raymond Rupert, founder and CEO of Rupert Case Management. A few months back, I was very intrigued to hear that Rupert Case Management was applying the principles of neuroplasticity in the treatment of substance abuse disorder. If you want to better understand the impact of mental health and substance use disorder in the workplace and the size and the scope of the problem, and better yet, what employers can do about it, hey, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned for subject matter expert, Dr. Raymond Rupert, coming right up. Well, Ray, here we are. And on January 24th, I got an email from you that said the team at Rupert Case Management is applying the principles of neuroplasticity in the treatment of substance use disorder. And that really caught me. And as I read down through the email, I was further intrigued as you went on to say that the expectation that 30 days in rehab as a solution for addiction is naive. What is required is an extended period of hard work at changing the brain. You know, this whole issue of mental health and substance use as a disorder in the workplace, I think we generally agree is a growing issue, but, but how big is the problem? That's a really good question, Howard. First of all, I think there's really an increased awareness in the workplace about the importance of addressing mental health and substance use disorder. The stigma seems to have been reduced, which is really good. And now employees are coming forward and asking for help. They're acknowledging the problem. And the employer is then left with a responsibility because they have a duty to accommodate. So your question was, how big is the problem? Well, if you survey a group of employees, this is an Ipsos Reed survey, 40% of employees will identify with depression. Wow. If you survey just millennials, 50% of them will identify with a mental health concern. And when you look at a disability book, whether it's short or long-term disability, 40 to 50% of those claims are mental health or substance use disorder. So this is a big problem, and it needs a big solution. You know, it is monumental, Ray, and your email again really, really caught me because as I'm listening to you go through what you just did, I'm immediately identifying names and faces of people that are close and that have struggled. And literally five minutes before we jumped onto this podcast, my wonderful wife, Coral, and I were sitting here in the office and just having a coffee as we tend to do this time of the morning and kind of catching up on our day. And she looks down at her phone and she says, oh my God. And an HR manager that's a close friend of the family, this HR manager's friend committed suicide last night. Oh, my God. That's, that's a tragedy. 
And so like this is so topical, like I'm literally welling up yeah. as I'm, I'm hearing you talk about the issues, Ray, and the scope of them. I had no idea. Yeah. So what can an employer do? You know, if I'm talking to this HR manager on the weekend, what can I say? Well, if, if you're an HR manager and you're, you're responsible for a group of employees, whether it's 10 or 100 or 1,000, the HR manager needs a systematic approach to mental health and substance use disorder in the workplace. What we've done is we do case management, and we've done thousands of cases, complex cases. Many of them are mental health and substance use disorder. And we recognize that the thing that's missing in the management of mental health and substance use disorder is the case manager that helps an individual throughout their entire patient journey from the start of assessment right through to closure. Okay, so we have developed a product called RCM 505. Okay. RCM 505 is a group product. It's sold like EAP yeah. on a per-employee, per-month basis, but it's the missing piece. It is the organization of the treatment, organization of the assessment, determining the root causes for the problem, and the case managers are responsible for putting all the pieces together for that employee. That is RCM 505. You know, this is really interesting, Ray, because... I think there's a sense, a growing awareness of EAPs, mm-hmm. and there's programs. I mean, I, I suspect the public sector offers programs, although I don't know what. So what I hear you saying is you can fit all this together because you have somebody that is, I'm going to say this badly, so I'll turn it over to you. You've got a project manager. In other words, every employee with a mental health or substance use disorder, requires someone to organize their programming for them. And that's what the case manager does. Got it. So does the case manager then draw on public resources, EAP resources, and so on? Absolutely. In fact, what the case manager does is what we call benefit maximization. In other words, let's let's look at the benefits that have already been purchased, like EAP, and let's maximize the delivery of that service to that specific employee. So we work with EAPs, and we make sure that they will deliver the contracted services. And in fact, we've been able to maximize the benefit in some cases There may be uh, five events, clinical interventions contracted for, and the EAP will then deliver 10 because we give them the rationale for that. In some cases, we've gotten the EAPs to move to unlimited delivery of services. So we're doing what, what we call benefit maximization. So as you're going through this process, back to our HR manager, our benefit plan sponsor, the employer, whatever, uh, and whoever's involved, you're, while protecting confidentiality and privacy, you could also, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm framing this out as a question. If the EAP is hard and fast, that there's five sessions, 
you could intervene and say to an employer, look, we have a strong case that I feel compelled to ask you to approve another five sessions. Well, what, what has happened, the, the employer may have contracted for five and paid for five, but because the utilization rate of EAP is so low, we're able to negotiate directly with EAP without seeking any approval. And the EAPs are, in many cases, very flexible, and they just provide the extra five sessions at no cost to the employer. Wow. So we're, we're doing what we call benefit maximization. Yeah, and that's what happens. That can be one of the terrific outcomes of a dialogue between experts. Mm-hmm. And that's a really terrific outcome. Now, what does it cost for you to, let's go straight to that. What does it cost for you to get involved and, and how do you articulate an ROI and all of those things because finance is going to get involved and so on? Sure. So we're priced just like an EAP. It's a per employee per month. You look at the cost of EAP and we're just essentially the same price as an EAP. Okay. So in the, that range of five, six, seven, eight dollars per employee per month, something like that. Correct. Okay. The RCM 505 does what's called just-in-time treatment planning. Okay. And put the treatment elements together in response to the needs of that specific employee. So you, you said public sector. We, we reach out to the public sector and try to source whatever public sector services are available. In some cases, they may be limited, depending on the geographic location of the individual, et cetera. But again, we're going to do benefit maximization using the public sector as a source of services. If that is not available, then we can reach out to our network of psychologists and social workers and psychiatrists, and their services come into play. And in fact, if if the company has set up, for example, a health spending account, and let's assume they fund $1,000 or $2,000 a year through a health spending account, right? then we would look to the health spending account as the payment vehicle for psychologists or psychiatrists. Got it. Makes a ton of sense. So this is an outpatient service, but depending on the recommendation of the psychologists, the psychiatrists, etc., just going down that road a little bit, what might that look like? In terms of inpatient as opposed to outpatient? Yes. Well, some people need inpatient. You know, if someone is having an active psychotic break or, sure. you know, whatever, or they're a very severe alcoholic and they need to be detoxed, then sometimes they need residential care. Right. We can make that determination. And they could go into a public sector hospital, which, of course, the province pays for. Or if they need rehab or detox, then we, we have a whole network of residential rehab facilities that we've worked with in the past that we trust, and that could be an option for the individual. Got it. And so again, you facilitate, you coordinate all of that. All of it. Yeah. So I like what you said about project manager. I think most of our our audience can relate to that. I know that certainly puts it in perspective for me. So a plan sponsor, an employer, contracts with you for this. But communication is everything. Right. What do you do to make sure that employees, their families, 
know that this is available, know what it is, and destigmatize it, create accessibility channels. What happens there? Yeah, so we, we have an internal marketing program with the company, with the employees. And in fact, we run onboarding sessions, which are webinars. So we could have 20, 30, 40, 50 employees and our nurses and our social workers run webinars to do the onboarding so they're fully aware of the services. And that seems to uh, to really help in terms of them being aware of how to access the service. You know, everything that we do is uh, confidential because we're regulated health professionals and uh, following all the privacy principles, etc. Well, Ray, you just continue to amaze me at your insights around the needs of folks in today's workplace. Before we wrap up, I mean, what is the question or what are the questions that I should have asked you <laughs> to kind of build out the big picture here? Well, I, I think we've gone through a lot of the highlights, first of all, that this problem of mental health in the workplace is pervasive, that the employers have a regulatory requirement to accommodate. Thirdly, employees expect a response. Fourth, many employers don't have a systematic response when there is a request. Mm. And so I think RCM 505 is the part of the puzzle that is now available for groups. We're very happy to talk to group brokers about the distribution of this benefit. And all they have to do is call Rupert Case Management and we'd be happy to have a conversation. Terrific. Well, I'll make sure that we put a link into this on the Benefits Genius site, which is benefitsgenius.ca backslash podcast. So for any audience members that are tuned in, if you want the link, the contact information for Rupert Case Management and the RCM 505. Now, do you have a brochure, Ray, that I can put a link to? Yep. Absolutely. I can send you the brochure and that would be terrific. Thank you very much. Awesome. We'll host that on our site and there'll be a link to that again at benefitsgenius.ca backslash podcasts. And this is going to be podcast episode number 54. So you can just scroll down the page to that and the resources are there. Ray, thank you. A pleasure as always an incredible amount of value and thank you for the insights and perspectives that you brought to a reality that employers, plan sponsors, friends and family are all dealing with today. Very relevant, great information and awesome. My big takeaway is thinking of this as Rupert Case Management, my project manager, for all mental health issues. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Howard. I appreciate the time and attention. Hey, it's Howard and I'm back. And just want to say that as advisors, we talk a lot about adding value to the relationship with our clients. We attend industry events and hear subject matter experts on a range of topics. And what I'd like to suggest is that if you're not already doing so, you've got a great opportunity right now to set an intention, a weekly intention. 
That would take the form of a time once a week that you sit down and scan benefits-related newsletters. One of the ones that should be on your list would be the Rupert Case Management Newsletter. Signing up for it is just as easy as typing www.rupertcasemanagement.com backslash newsletter into your browser. Again, that would be rupertcasemanagement.com backslash newsletter. Hey, here's signing off and saying, make it a terrific day. Make it a terrific day because you've just set a new intention.